Hello, everybody, and welcome to my brand new podcast. Music to live for with Shanti, it's me, Shanti, a Swiss musicologist and stage manager, talking with different artists and discussing different topics belonging to the music business. For today's episode, I decided to have a chat with a longtime friend, Michele Bianchi, aka Michelino. We grew up in the same region and frequented the same music scene. Years later, Michele became a big music fan and record collector, bringing with him a wealth of knowledge. Let's talk about the world of music as seen by someone who knows how to listen. So let's go. Check this out. Hello everybody and welcome to this brand new episode of my podcast. Today I'm here with Michele Bianchi, aka Michelino. It's an old and good friend of mine and uh, for this episode I, I choose to talk with him because um, let's say Michelino, till today I just record episode with professional musicians And I thought that maybe now uh, would be the time to talk with somebody who has the passion for the music. I know that you, you, you love uh, collect records, you also do some electronic stuff and everything. Um, so I, I thought this is important to say because it always seems that um, if you are uh, in almost in every kind of music, but in the classical one, maybe at most that you always need to be like an expert. But we, and, so, and sometimes we forget that music is there to be enjoyed, to be listened to it. And so the audience, let, let's, talk, let's talk the audience also. And, and so uh, there's no like wrong or, or right. It, it's art. Everybody is like looking at the painting and say, I see this. And if your friend sees something else, it doesn't mean that it's wrong or you are right. So um, with this introduction, I would like let you introduce yourself for the audience and then we can keep going with this great episode hi there yeah i'm michele as you said we know each other from like uh, 20 years 15 years uh, we i like you i grew up in the local art scene and from there i had my first uh, real love with music since i am never grew up in a, like a musical family where uh, everyone was always listening to music. Um, and from there, I, I went listening to hardcore from many other genres. I always, uh, always loved music as an art form. And from there, I started also buying, uh, collecting vinyl from like uh, 15 years now maybe 10, I don't know, I can't really remember. Um, and so by doing that, uh, I always connected with more and more artists, music. Uh, uh, it's like uh, you, you, you never end discovering new music. Yes. Um, but yeah, I never, I never been a musician uh, in the classic term. I had some project I used to sing in a local band called Cyan. Uh, I'm currently having a project with uh, a friend of mine where we go from uh, metal, uh, rock, uh, kind of shape-shifting uh, project, if you want. 
and and then I also my own project, uh, which is called Budadorem, which uh, dwells in more ambient experimental uh, field recordings uh, kind of style with uh, experimenting with technique, sounds, and so on. Uh, but yeah, that's me. That's me uh, with all my love for music uh, and having fun with sounds, basically. Well, this I think this is something definitely important because because like everybody of us like growing up or like got the first connection with a specific kind of music. It could be like the techno of the '90s, uh, hip hop or, or or rock, punk, and uh, and then from then you you discover always something new. You you build your know how, your connection with these arts, with the music, the way you feel it, the way you enjoy it, and and then you discover every time something more and uh, yeah yeah for me that was mtv like classic 90s um, yes we late 90s we we grew up uh, we came back from school uh, turned on the tv and there was uh, mtv when there was still music on mtv by the way um there i discovered blink 182 for this first time some 41 uh, As soon as I saw a guitar, I even, uh, for a while, I even recorded video clips uh, from the from MTV on VHS to watch them again uh, over and over until uh, they got consumed, basically. Um, yeah, it's not like my dad did never listen to music. Um, she, he was... Yeah, he was into 83 and some other Italian stuff. Mm-hmm. And uh, later on, I discovered he was also big into jazz, which is something weird because I never connected to him with jazz. But 20 years later, I, f- I fell in love with jazz. And I was like, oh, weird. But he never listened to jazz at home, like from mm-hmm. speaker and so on. Uh, my basic uh, way to connect with music was uh, MTV at first and then with friends with exchanging, uh, not tapes, because that was not yeah, what, we, we were late for that. I mean, CDs or yeah. you know, something like this, CD, right? Master, master CDs. And Napster was already dead and gone by the time uh, yes. I got into music. And there was Audio Galaxy and some other stuff, which, yeah. Not not so cool from my point of view, but from us, we we didn't uh, we weren't working at the time. We didn't mm-hmm. have a lot of money. That was the best way to get into music. Mm-hmm. Yes, and, and as you said, we we grew up in the same local scene. Let's say, I mean, I remember um, meeting you for the first time on a on a concert. I guess in in. I don't know. I, do, I can definitely recall if it was at the Peter Pan in Bellinzona or uh, in Viganello. Viganello is near Lugano. And, uh, yeah. and I remember it was like the Mecca for the Southern <laughs> hardcore cruise or punk rock. Like. And, yeah, um, I think consider we've, we've been lucky to have a place like that. Uh, yes. In, we were at the right time in the right place. Definitely, definitely. That was in uh, the golden age for us. I mean, I mean, we, we have definitely had the chance to leave this idea of small location in between uh, squat and, uh, how we say, social 
cultural places and um, and um, having this influence from the north of Italy. I mean, Milan is uh, had a huge number of bands and a, and definitely a, a stronger and bigger scene. And then we also had sometimes the influence from the north. I mean, from the Swiss Germany with with band uh, traveling from north to south and and south to north and stopping there and playing just a couple of notes on what was Friday or Saturday. And it was yeah, nice because even, we were meeting everybody there once a, once or twice a month. And yeah. Yeah, sometimes I think back at those times and looking at them now, I realized that maybe 90% of everyone I know, I've met them there. I've got into... <laughs> I contacted them for the first time there. I started talking with them there. And it's literally 10 square meter in a room where, like, realistically, that place sucked. The audio, <laughs> the audio was awful, but the energy that was in there and the, the passion was something I never experienced elsewhere. Yes. yes. We were young. We wanted to do things. We wanted to listen to music. Uh, and tons of projects started from people meeting in there. Basically, for me, 60-70% of the music, hardcore, punk, that kind of music, that started in, in that time span was was born there mm -hmm, in mm -hmm. a way or another yes so it's, it's a key place for me it was also one of the first time when i start having some knowledge about the subcultures you know like yeah what, what was the so-called hardcore scene and uh, and stuff like this like like i mean i was already straight edge at the time but uh, i didn't know nothing about veganism And there was a yeah. lot of guys that were also already into animal liberation movements, um, equal equality in our society. Yeah. And, um, but at the time, it seems like belonging to definitely to another world. I mean, definitely being rebels. And uh, yeah. and this was interesting because because it wasn't also not so pushy. I mean, I remember people say, "Oh, yeah, we are vegan," but it's not that okay. You have to be like this, or you have to make some choices to be there. I remember yeah. we had those friends that were more in the hardcore scene. I remember myself still into more punk rock and melodic stuffs, and having the other guys coming from definitely this punk and destroy scene. And but we were there. We were yeah. there yeah. in this small room, and we enjoyed the moment. Yeah. 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 As you said, um, there was a, a great chance for us younger people, younger kids to get to know more about pretty much, pretty much anything. Yes. Because uh, there was also a lot of older, older, so to speak, uh, guys who uh, were there enjoying the show and just like us. Uh, And maybe these guys were into the art or scene for like uh, five years more than us, before us. And there was a good um, chance to brainstorming. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and 
the arco scene has always been about uh, sharing, not just um, sharing a passion, but also sharing knowledge, being it um, about veganism, straight edge, or even just uh, intellectual stuff, so to speak, mm-hmm. not intellectual like um, super complicated stuff. Like for me, there was, I always loved, uh, I don't know how to put this, but. Um, the amount of stuff completely not related to music that I got into thanks to music is insane. Yes. yes. Like, like uh, I got into tattoos like everyone else uh, at the time. And there was this tat- uh, tattoo artist from Varese, Luigi, you may know it. You may know the guy. I guess uh, so, yeah. And then I was there just... Uh, you know, getting a tattoo, uh, I start talking about Lovecraft uh, and tons of other stuff and I say, yeah, that's yeah, weird. And then, I, and then you go and dig in on it, like you tr- you got like a glance of something that you never know or you never connected exactly. with and, and that was, and that was great because, you know, I'm here first of all for the music, but at the same time, I have also the, first of all, the chance to meet people and see your friends. Yeah. Um, and say, and then you also have this chance to to oh yeah I make gonna have some knowledge on that or that topics and I think if I think about how nowadays working uh, with social media and this is also topics that comes every time my episode because I think this is so actual that we need to talk about that and uh, it's about how uh, we receive um, thanks to the posting and stories reels and everything like um on topics like as examples that are really actually like the woman women rights or minority rights let's say and yeah. um it seems like oh it seems like oh nowadays things are exploding people are hoping their rights and everything but i have to be honest i remember gaining a lot of uh knowledge but also being more sensible on some topics being part of the hardcore scene yeah. and and so nowadays to me some some way to things are kind of okay we used to already do, do yeah. this, but now it seems also something new but that's just to say that we were there for the music but also we get in touch with this kind of new uh way of think and being a teenager so the fact is that you grow up really you 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 have the chance to mature with this with this knowledge and i i think this this is interesting to say because maybe a lot of people have this idea that okay if you go in certain um how we can i say in certain kind of um companies and stuff like is oh you're going to be i mean i can remember my my mother also saying oh but it's not dangerous it's not what's about the drugs you know it's the classical yeah. parenting um of course, not bad, but but at the same time, you years later you realize, thank God I I was in this kind of circles, you know, like and I learn about this experience and learn about that and that, and I I can take my my position. Yeah, so because um, if you think about how the punk hardcore scene uh, gets depicted in the movies and so about uh, the seventies, the eighties. It's not like um, our parents grew up in the, the, those years. And yeah, it's definitely, it definitely seems like uh, 
those are bad guys, those are bad people, nothing good can can come out uh, of them. But once once you get into it, you realize that, yeah, bad guys, uh, like, uh, although in the in Arco show, everyone is friendly, everyone is okay, there's always the, pardon, pardon excuse, excuse my friend, the dickhead who start a fight and mm-hmm. acts, uh, acts uh, like a dickhead. But the, the the amount of good people that are there to make friends, to just simply talk about anything is much, much, much bigger. It's just yes. their, their appearance who looks, they, they look like a dangerous, but it's not uh, actually so. Mm-hmm, it's mm-hmm. it just, uh, to me, it was the best place to grow up. If yes. my daughter one day will, I'd rather my daughter to go to those kind of shows rather than a disco or pubs uh, and so. Not yes. that it's not cool to sometimes just wind off dancing in a disco or whatever, but you cannot have the same kind of human interaction in those places like uh, we did in the show or punk shows. It's more um, enriching as an uh, experience. Yes. You're not there just to listen to music, grab a beer and goodbye. You're actually becoming a better person if you pay attention to what other people are saying. Because that's yes. only the people the audience. When we used to go to the Arco show, there was a lot of uh, award, awareness in um, on the stage too, in between yes. songs. Uh, Talking to the artist directly. Exactly, exactly. And the artists were uh, making uh, sure that everyone in there was aware of, okay, we are here, we believe this is right, we believe this is wrong, and we're not saying we are right and we are, or we are wrong. But mm-hmm, hey, mm-hmm. maybe pay attention. Yeah, this is Look something that sometimes it. in the classical music is missing. I, I got this feeling. Uh, but uh, uh, I lived this um, working in jazz music while I was in a Skona Jazz Festival and another kind of music. Um, this, this dialogue between the people who are on the stage and those in the audience without... You know, without going there and say, oh, you know, last uh, week uh, that kind of artist played there, I played that and that. You know, for the people who just play, just they, we don't care. You know, like we are here. And so let's talk about us. Let's talk about the, what we did, what we're going to do. Um, but um, it's not so usual. I don't know if it's something that belongs to the Swiss mentality or the where we grew up. Um but uh, it's also happened the last year to see that the same on on our course. So there is there is or there is the the guitar player or the lead singer on the on the on the merch table, and nobody is talking to him. You know, like but not not because they have fear uh, of him, like he's a god on earth, but because they just don't care. You know, and so this is about mm-hmm. the fact that we were there and we communicate. We communicate with everybody and. Uh, it makes feel like really comfortable. But one thing that I think really interesting, it's remembering about the fact that 
um, there was always the guy sitting on a merch table with some DIY t-shirt or some simple prints. And, and that was always uh, a box or a case with, full of CDs or, help, or records, LPs. Yeah. And that was one of the moments that I personally, I always love just, just scroll in between and see, oh yeah, I know that. I don't know that. I can, I recall some name. I mean, for me that I like, I, I love melodic punk. I remember once I, I found the city of Vanilla Sky, this punk pop, okay. pop punk uh, band from Italy. And they were at the time, they were on no. And the guy said, you know, if you like that kind of music, this is maybe the, the city called you. And I still have this city in my collection. And I say, I, I love that sound. Uh, but at the same time, um, I remember um, I, was in, I, I, did, I wasn't in Lugano in Viganello, but I was in Ascona where I grew up. And, and there was this friend of mine um, bringing me a lot of c- CD uh, of bands from Belgium. And one, okay. he was a huge fan of, uh, well, Poison, to, I mean, it was American, but it was at the time this friend of mine was a, definitely a friend of uh, Poison to Well, uh, the first Caliban, and, and then this band called Morda. And mm-hmm. uh, and then it gave me an album. And at the time, I was really, really a child. I have to be honest. I, the first time, um, the first time uh, I heard about Stride Edge, it was thanks to this guy. And at the time, it's not that I was drinking, but I was, you know, when you grow up with this idea, let's go party. So you need a beer. So I was yeah. saying, come on, what you say? I, it's funny because. I, I, I never get drunk in my life, so I was like a faking teenager, faking to be cool, you know. Like, but yeah. I was there, and then he said, "No, but straight edge is this and that and that." I said, "You know, this is heavy." And at the time, I was listening to a lot of Offspring. This was, Offspring for me was the, let's say, the connection uh, to to rock, to punk. But it was just cool music to me. I didn't have any knowledge of the scene of the history of some bands of some kind of music. Just was just enjoying the, the melodies, and. So he gave me these CDs. I say, oh man, this is too hard to me. Even Stridage mentality was too hard for me, you know. And uh, and 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 it happens that he gave me one CD, and you know that record, man, because I think you love it too. And this record was Jane Doe of Converge. And I I remember, uh, I I I was with him. We had you know this tiny box. you, you connect by cable at the, uh, at the CD player. And we were there and he said, you have to listen to that song. And I remember this. I mean, the song, it was Concubine. It was so violent. I never heard in my entire life um, such a heavy sound. Yes. Honestly, the first time. And this is why this, that album is so dear to me. Um, not because a uh, year later I discovered who Jakov Bannon is, who's Converge Har, um, the artwork, the music, the, the experiment, the, the aggression, the sound aggression. But because in that moment, this friends of mine click play, it opened a door. Yeah. And honestly, the first time I say, I don't like it. This is what my first reaction. But then it's like, I, I know myself, I always need time to, to, I do, to, to approach to something. And, uh, and with the time, I just say, that was a special moment. And later on, um, I remember it happened the same with the album Iowa from, of Slipknot. 
because I remember I, I wasn't used to, to listen to that kind of fast and heavy scream music. And, and also that wasn't even that opened that door, you know, when you say, yeah, I want to know more. There is a word out there. It's not just one song, one record. Okay. What's nice. And, and, and this is, this is, those are these events that I guess a lot of people have. I'm talking about metal and punk right now because this is one of my personal experience. But I can I can only understand people even in an older kind of music, like say, oh, I don't I never liked that music because my father or my grandpa was listening to that, but years later they just discovered this is their first love, you know. And and I yeah, can't deny yeah. that nowadays at, at almost 35, I still enjoy some records of that time and I still love that kind of music. But I also know that I know how to approach to new kind of sound and try to see what's, what's my feeling. Also, and also understanding something important, saying, why do you like it? But also to accept or not to be shy to say, you know, I don't like it. Because yeah. sometimes Because it's happened that I everybody likes everything, but in the end, being honest is the, is the most important thing. Yeah, I've always been that kind of guy who said, nah, I don't like those. Like the, the classic was uh, when we were playing in Zion, everyone uh, at some point broke up YouTube today. And I was like, mm, I don't like them so much. Uh, they were like, what, why? Because they're boring, basically. Like, well, like, with all due respect to YouTube today, the importance to the scene, the importance to the straight edge, uh, I don't think their records aged too well. Like, mm -hmm. not like Chain of Strength did. Like, I could listen to Chain of Strength still today and, yeah. uh, and say, yeah, this album rocks. This album is well written. It's, I don't know, it's... it's Totally personal, by the way. Like, uh, like we said, uh, everyone experiences art in their own way. Uh, like concubine, the first time I heard it, I was like, "What is this crap?" Right? Because, <laughs> because it's it's not really harsh in the writing. It's not like totally all over the place uh, with the drumming, the, the guitars, uh, and also the production is really harsh. And, like and the, the, the fact that you don't understand, if you're exactly. not used to, if you're not used to that in metal or in also in arco, it's more there's this there's a way to scream, the way to sing in this way. So with the time you get used to, okay, I need to go reading the booklet to understand what what is the, what the, what what they're singing. Uh, if you don't know that and you hear that, it's just a nonsense. I mean. Yeah, absolutely. Which which is is quite weird in a way, anyway, because the first time I heard the uh, Miss Machine by the Dealing Escape Plan, it was before I heard uh, Jane Dome. And despite the fact it is just as crazy, just as weird, just as face based and all over the place again, the production is is much cleaner. Mm -hmm. uh, and I remember at the time I was listening to Eventual Burden, Maroon, uh, Crisis, and that kind of metalcore. And when I pressed play on this machine, I was blown away. Like, right away, I was like, wow, this feels so wrong, yet it's so amazing. And, and Chain Do is much more harsh. It takes 
way more time to learn, to appreciate it, to, to understand basically what's going on because it's, it's a mess that it's in you in the face and let no room for to breathe. You basically end up with this uh, sound storm and it takes a while to uh, mm-hmm. orientate yourself. The same kinds of happen with me with Ash Noise. The first time I, I, I listened to Merzbau, it was like, hmm, this, this is nonsense. But once, uh, like, Merzbau has this huge discography, and I think everyone has that one album that holds the key to every, everything else he did. Yes. That, okay, now I can read this. Uh, let's try to go back to any other things it did that, that I did not like it. And uh, all, all of a sudden, you have a, a different way to perceive it and to listen to it. Mm-hmm. And, and so the same happened to me with uh, Jindo and a lot, lots of other music. But first, uh, I was like, what? Some music I even press play and I did not like it. But I couldn't help myself. But Getting going back to it, and not like because I was forcing myself to like it. Just uh, oh, I want to listen to to that record because uh, I felt like he had something to say that, that I wasn't understanding. And and then a moment came where you understand that album, that song, that artist, and you're like, wow, this is what I was looking for all the time. Mm-hmm. No, th- those kind of experience just lets you understand. Um, also, what does it mean grow up? Like, you know, <laughs> because it's like when you read a book at school, uh, because you have to, and yeah. you, you get into the story, you know what's going on and everything. And then maybe you have the chance to, or you just want to, to open it once again, 10 years later, and you read the same story. Even if you know already how it's going on, but and then you notice the, that the story is talking to you. Uh, and it's you, that you can relate to some to some to some characters in there, and and this happened the same with music. I mean, there was also nowadays some albums that or some bands that I always said, "Oh no, you know, I don't like them. I don't, I don't like the sound." But then I I just say one, maybe I'm on the train and I say, "Oh, yeah, let's try it once again." Or you just want to listen to something else, and you say, "Oh, I never, and I, I, I never heard that band in uh, in that way." And this happened to me like uh, uh, when I, I'm. I used to, I used to, but I I, I hope that we we will do this again. Uh, I used to be on tour with Ghost Iris and um, this Danish band, and um, I remember uh, the first time I saw one of their song on YouTube. So I also listened to, and uh, it wasn't it wasn't my jam, man. I mean, I, I love the the guys playing there at the time. I've, before we went on tour, I'm I, I just only knew uh, one of the guitar player, and it was this kind of gent metal. Uh, and I say, mm, okay, okay, let's go with the band because I just want to do this experience and having fun and and doing my job. But then. St- 
living three weeks and listen to that sound, seeing how these people, you know, like were playing, what's the mentality behind the band and the, the idea behind the sound, um, opened me, opened my eyes. I really, uh, after the tour, I went home and I started listening to the album. Uh, and I, I, I noticed that I, now that I know better about that music, um, I also could enjoy it. And this go back to what we were saying about being part of the scene. The fact that if you have the chance to talk to people, but talk to the artist, communicate, or it's not just going read online on Google or Wikipedia, uh, you have the chance to talk to this person. And yeah. uh, I always, used to, I, I, I remember doing that with Combat Kid. I did that with... with uh, uh, the guy of uh, oh darkest hour one, one of the last time to play here in Basel we just hanging out after the concert just party guys but you know like you see those people on YouTube on videos and you like the song and and then they're there why you just don't go there and talk to them and yeah, yeah exactly unfortunately not always it's not always possible because some venues some artists. Uh, you know, I kind of get them, they're on tour, they're exhausted by maybe the one month in the tour. And so they're not really willing to talk to anyone, not because they're uh, unpolite, just because they're exhausted. Uh, unfortunately, that happens sometimes, uh, whatever. Uh, but yeah, I, I think um, interviews and YouTube gives us give, gives us a great chance uh, with many artists uh, releasing an album, a song, mm -hmm. or something else. And then, hey, this is a behind the scenes. Let's check what inspired us to make this. And it can be a, a movie, it can be a book, it can be a, another music, another artist. Mm -hmm. um, I, I love especially um, the artworks, like. I collect vinyl. Uh, I, one of the reasons I love them is because you have a big artwork. It's like a cliche, but it's true. You, you can get uh, tons of details and discover artists. Okay, okay, what is this? Mm -hmm. Let's check uh, other drawings and artworks this guy did, like uh, Jay Bannon, like you mentioned before. He did uh, all the commercial records. And once uh, you know that, I say, okay. Let's check uh, other uh, other stuff this guy did, uh, and the bands ask him uh, to do the artwork, and it, it's uh, it's all connected. Basically, you get into an album. Uh, like I, I think I discovered Quell Attack because the the guy from Barnes did their artwork of the subtitled. I said, yeah. Oh, let's, yeah. Let's check this for no other reason that the artwork was done by someone I like and bang, you're into a new band without even realizing it just for a tiny detail, which is the artwork, which has nothing to do with actual music. Like you can have the greatest artwork of time, of all time, but you can write shitty music. So it's not connected. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But uh, being able to jump between uh, albums just because of a kind, a tiny detail like that, it helps discovering tons of new music. 
uh, or like um, one of the first album uh, bands uh, I got into was Internal Affairs. Okay. Which, which at some point, hardcore, right? Yeah, which had um, Todd Jones in it. And at the time, the guy was all over the place. He played in Blacklisted, he played, he used to play in Carry On, in Terror. Uh, and I got into internal affairs because I, I liked him from Carry On, A Lifeless Plug, this maybe the first album where he handles guitars 100%. Um, Corey Williams, a singer, was also in, in Carry On, I think. Uh, the only reason why I checked out uh, Internal Affairs was because the chance wasn't it. Okay, okay, let's check uh, this new band. And still to this day, the self-titled, I listen to it uh, and I say, wow, this is our should sound. Fast, angry, pissed off and short, basically, because mm-hmm. a song of theirs lasts for one minute, two minutes, but it hits you in the face. Mm-hmm. And, and, and it's awesome. You know, like, I, uh, that brings me at the time when we had to draw from Locarno to Lugano to come at this youth center in Biganello, and all friends, mutual friends, shout out to Koji. Uh, but I guess you were in auto with us. I don't remember, I remember once for sure. And we were listening to um, Wake the Dead, Come Kid, Wake the Dead. And uh, to me, that was a song. I, that was a song that, because as I said, I love melody. And that song got to sing along, this, it's, but it also got the kick, you know? And uh, yeah. to, to me, that was, was one of the... Um, gold song of my, if I have to say in a top 10, Wicked That is for sure in this top 10. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that, that song is powerful. Like, the, also the production of that record is insane. It mm-hmm. sounds huge still to this day. And it's like, what, 10, 15 years old? Not many albums of that time still sound this good. Like wake the death of combat kid. Yes, I I can totally yes. agree. But but talking like about that. your collection, do you do you have enough space at home? I mean, how, how big is it? <laughs> I don't know. Like uh, uh, I use uh, I used to insert them in Disco GS, uh, obviously for, for keeping track, and at some point uh, between. My daughter being born, uh, relocation uh, and work, I didn't have time to uh, keep it uh, adjourned, keep it right, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think in between 600, maybe 600, 700 uh, albums, something like that. It's, it's not tiny. It's, I don't know. I like uh, some... The thing is, I don't like to sell records. Like there are some records I bought when I was getting into it, like the defense, this this band, this Spanish band who was in a crucial response records. And I love that record. If I was to listen, I did listen to it like a couple of years ago, and I was like, oh, this sounds bad. Like 
that singer is completely out of tune. Most of the time, it doesn't even seems to follow the music. But at the time, I loved it, and I like I like the idea of keeping keeping that record because of the memories I hold with the with it. And and so happens with tons of other records which I bought uh, when I was younger. I don't really listen to them that much anymore, but I love to maybe once a year and once every two years. Uh, okay, I want to listen to that, and all of a sudden all the memories come back, uh, mm-hmm. all the all the all the feeling of excitement, all the everything from that time comes back. Uh, and it's awesome, especially those maybe that I booked at records, at the record, sorry, at the live shows. Like you say, you go to the live show, there is the disromerged guy, and, and he's like, hey, I can suggest this to you since you're wearing that Convert t-shirt. Grab this one, you may like it. You say, okay. And you come back uh, and you love that record. And listening to it again, you remember the whole show, the whole night, just because of a tiny piece of of an object of 180 gram. Mm-hmm. It's awesome. It's, uh, it's more than than it may seem. Uh, but anyway, yeah, like uh, that. Uh, that's the uh, 700, more or less, the the amount of records I have. And despite I grew up in the hardcore uh, metal scene, in growing older, I guess, made me fell in love with many other genres, which uh, I, reg- I buy records of. So it's not like I only have hardcore and metal uh, in mm-hmm. my collection. Yeah. I have l- everything spanning from... Uh, post-punk, uh, from uh, jazz, from experimental uh, ambient. Uh, um, movie score is another kind of record that I love to get, I love to buy because it lends them, they lend themselves so good for just ambience. You're having dinner sure, with friends, sure. you put that on and, and again, maybe someone asks, hey, what movie is this from? And yeah. then you you talk about it and okay, I go home and check it. And the day after, a week after, I say, hey man, I checked that movie out. It's awesome. And sometimes even a f- couple of friends of mine who are not into the music I listen to, who are not into the vinyl collection thing, they just love to, hey, put up some vinyl and say, hey, you want to choose? Yeah. And they just sit there uh, scrolling through and say, okay, I like this one. I I love this idea of uh, having a record collection that is like, uh, you can say a time machine or also like a photo album. Like, because uh, you know that there's this song or this graphic that reminds you of something uh, that happened in the past, this kind of emotion. So it's definitely something human you know like try to keep something that <laughs> brings you back when you want or you need this kind of mood but yeah, exactly. uh, talking about different projects like 
Uh, I don't know if you heard that uh, Danny Elfman is is doing a lot of at the moment a lot of rock prog metal in is preparing like a new album. And no, uh, I didn't know it's that. interesting because uh, we know Danny Elfman as a as a I guess one of the most well known is the, the Nightmare Before Christmas uh, soundtrack, and. Uh, okay. So you know, if you if you're uh, for people on our age, this one's uh, I guess Nightmare Before Christmas broke like a, a lifestyle and a, and a, and a definitely a clothing style uh, that like, I remember. Our hot topics were full of gadget, t-shirt, and 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 things. And so it I was definitely a, it's kind of a, of a, a milestone for for a genre, subgenre, subculture. And yeah, Danny Elfman is 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 getting to. Uh, more modern music. Um, I saw on Instagram he was doing like uh, some recording session with a, a very young and talented bass player. Uh, okay. And also right now he's doing something with um, with a, a girl that's playing guitar, uh, incredibly talented guitar player. Oh, I need to check that out. You need to check it out. Honestly, yeah. I, I, I just read some articles and I saw the post of Daniel himself. But uh, that's the interesting thing, you know. I guess because it also it fit into what we said till now. Because the fact to mix knowledge, try new, uh, open more new doors, always interesting. At the beginning of the record of this episode, I, I, or better, when we were preparing the episode, I asked you yeah. a question that I, I just had the kind of question that I kind of not stupid, but not, not easy. It's like when you are in a job interview and they ask you, how do you see you in, t- what do you think you're going to be in 10 years? And I yeah. ask you, can you pick five album that you think are milestone in your uh, development, in your uh, travel, your path, let's say, into discovering music, discovering new thing. And you already said a couple of name. Um, you already said uh, you come from the hardcore scene. I mean, this was one of your first love, but as you say, okay, there was this other band that was more experimental. Um, yeah, can you can you share with us? Like, I'm I'm personally curious because you sent me a couple of names, but uh, I definitely and I I went on YouTube, listened to this uh, project and bands. But, um, and for the audience, I will put all the names we're going to discuss and we have discussed in the description of this episode. But um, yeah, I just want to know if you can tell us a little bit more about your choice. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah, I already mentioned uh, internal affairs. Uh, um, I picked that one because uh, I, f- I think uh, I always like that because I got into it because Todd Jones was playing in them uh, due to Carry On, which is another album, uh, a band that I love. Uh, I picked it because it was, at the time, the huge amount of hardcore was based around the youth crew, melodic, uh, melodic stuff, uh, borrowing a lot from uh, punk rock. There was the, uh, as I said, this, Yet crew revival going on. And then internal affairs uh, was just nothing of that. There was pissed off, in your face, angry as fuck. They were all just there to destroy everything. And they impacted me to me, like, okay, 
the punk inside me always like that. And uh, I picked a Miss Machine by Dealing Risk Camp, uh, really, like I mentioned, because as I said earlier, when uh, the first time uh, I listened to it, uh, I was like totally blown away by this madness going on. And I think that inside of me, there was, it started a process of looking for, uh, like, it's hardcore, but the, my Miss Machine, I mean, it's hardcore, like, uh, it's mentioned a lot in the most important hardcore albums of all time and so on, but it's not really hardcore, like, there's tons of more in it. There is jazz, there is a lot of technical stuff. Uh, it's, it's crazy. Everyone knows it, by the way, like, who didn't listen to it yet? And I think that started inside of me, this, this willingness, this, this need to know, to, to get in touch with music that was more than what it could have been. Like a, a perfect example of this is Dimensional Bleed Through by Krellis. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know. I can't remember exactly how I got into it. I think I was just scrolling to some kind of blog which talked about metal and metalcore and hardcore. And there was this weird artwork. Yeah, the artwork felt... of that album is quite special, right? I mean... Yeah, it's, uh, it's insane. It's abstract. Uh, maybe kind of reminds me also of some futurism. futurism art and, and and also if you think about the logo it's you see it say okay this is a black metal logo mm-hmm. but it's it's way more refined it's more uh, gentle in its lines it's not there to be rough it's it's studied uh, and so I say okay this this I want to know I want to listen to this and then the first track started, it's like this uh, spiraling riff going on for uh, a couple of minutes without ever changing. Mm-hmm. But it's melodic. It's clearly a, a black metal riff, no doubt about it, but <clears throat> it's melodic. It's, 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 I, I can't find exactly the word to describe uh, our, still to this acrylics totally beats me every time, like uh, they, they keep releasing records and every time they just go on their own direction, say, okay, we are a black metal band, but we play black metal in our own way. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, and that is a perfect example of me wanting to know, wanting to get into, not wanting to get, but uh, uh, having this thirst of interesting music. Like a friend of mine always said, uh, you, you know with Sasha and I always said I love music when it's interesting and mm-hmm. I didn't quite get what he meant with that uh, until years later that I first first uh, heard him say that I said yeah I totally dig music needs to be interesting to some extent and and yeah. absolutely does that and they do that perfectly I actually suggest everyone to check out uh, their whole discography because 
they always play, they always dance around black metal, but they they like to embrace all their influence from time to time. Mm-hmm. It, it just awesome. They got crazier with uh, with every every record they released. And yes, it was, this was totally a milestone for me because I knew what black metal was. Obviously, like I was listening to Darktron and some other black metal bands, but this is the band, the band, the black metal band that went a bit over the top with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Intricate, melodic, uh, and I remember the first time I met. Uh, Koji listened to him and said, like, hey, this is not black metal. This is black, black metal needs to be harsh, needs to be violent. This is melodic. It's like pop punk. I, I can get what he was saying there. And maybe it's because I love this band so much. Because they don't want to maybe to be black metal. I don't know, but they're just so great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, those the bands they with one release or maybe one or two, they, they they can show that they want to do their own music. They make a strong cultural statement, and um, and then they're good at it. Like they they stay on their path and they try they try always something new. But you know, this is the band. You know, you can recognize yeah. those this this. This what we say, uh, imprint maybe. Yes, that's the right yeah, word. The, Thank you. Yeah, there's this imprint, and and to take a step back and connect again with what we were saying before, Colin Marston, the, the bass player on this, has tons of other bands' project. Uh, he's a mixer, engineer, a recording. Uh, so the, the amount of band I discovered and project I discovered through him, it's countless. Like um, another one of my favorite projects to come out lately is uh, Imperial Decadence. No, uh, sorry, Imperial Triumphant, which right. is from which is from uh, New York. Uh, and they play some kind of odd um, jazz-inspired black metal, technical black metal, which is weird because they basically take the structure from jets and uh, they play black metal with it. If mm-hmm. you if you understand what I mean, and just because uh, on on his profile he say, "Hey, I'm mastering this band. Go check mm-hmm. it out when it's out." I say, "Okay, I will." And so I did. Uh, happy I did. Uh, also, another album I I picked was. The Mother of Virtues by Piron. If that's how you pronounce it, by the way. <laughs> Pure, yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, that album, I discovered it because it, at the time it went down on Relapse Records. And uh, I went, and that was another of those records that you press play and you get blown away right away that the first the first track is it's not even too long it's quite short one it's aggressive it's punchy it's chaotic it's um, it's messy to some extent but it's always this controlled chaos and to me the first time i heard this album i say okay i always compare them to late death 
you know, the sound of perseverance. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. They, were, they were playing, um, they were way up. Um, uh, I would say they were way up beyond their time. Yeah. And I think people really started to understand what they were doing in, on that record a lot later. Mm-hmm. And to me, Piron is the same kind of band. When this came out, it got dropped by Relapse because apparently it did not sell uh, too much. And I say, oh shit, this, uh, this album is unbearable for many. Yeah, like it's yeah. totally chaotic. But uh, if you like um, chaotic jazz, uh, jazz influenced metal and absolute madness, this is for you. Yeah, I think that a lot of people need to check those uh, those records because uh, I, I think it's so interesting how you're describing it. Uh, and also when you use those mix of words that say metal and jazz. And I know that out there, there's a lot of square people. <laughs> so when you say ones and the others, they don't see how they can fit together. When in the end, you definitely need to go and, and also try to listen to the different technique that I put in this album. Uh, I'm a percussionist, so sometimes I can, I can understand where it is the jazz connection. Uh, in the way that I know where the rhythmic part is doing something or I recognize that kind of feels that, okay, normally we used to listen to that and in this kind of music. But um, I think this, this, is, um, this is music, as you said, it was at the time when it was released, was kind of hard, unbearable, but uh, this is because it's music that sometimes need to be listened to more with more attention. And not yeah. just put it in the car and go for a ride, let's say. This is because music is also. Yeah, 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 go, go. Sorry. No, I would say just music is just something more also serious. When people like going back to the album Ding Escape Plan, when there is a band that want to make a statement and say, this is our way to do music, um, the, most of the time it won't be uh, understood at the beginning. And year, yeah, yeah. If it's everything's good, good uh, years later, uh, then become maybe a masterpiece because people say, looking back, oh man, they understood, they they got the guts uh, and the idea to produce such an album. And yeah, sometimes bands came out and they're just ahead of their time. Like uh, to me, the perfect example of recently that is recently, so to speak, it's like. Uh, 2008, seven, no, 2009, The Legacy from Leeds, I guess. And they, 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 they were playing this American Nightmare style hardcore, so kind of depressed lyrics, uh, aggressive, uh, mm-hmm. yet melodic uh, kind of hardcore. And there they went. And around that time, they, uh, they were declining then going uh, to break up, uh, all that scene exploded. We had uh, More Than Life, Dead Swans, uh, and tons of other bands who took inspiration from that. And The Legacy were just a band that came one, two years before that mm-hmm. and quickly got uh, forgot by many while uh, 
that was uh, signed on Bridge 9, uh, and still to this day, everyone remembers them. But there are many bands uh, that are like uh, too soon, and they can't get really, they, get really, they don't really get appreciated fully. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And Luckily, luckily for us, or at least for me, Piron is still around. Uh, and from this mother of Virtu to release another two albums, and especially the latest one, The Absence of Time, which came out uh, last year, I think, or two years ago. Uh, I started seeing so much more reviews uh, and people got interested in what these guys uh, were doing. And it's not like they're, they, they slowed down. On the contrary, they got just even crazier. And The Absence of Time is really a great album. And also, the, L, the final variant, as, uh, it's a 2LP. And on the last side D, there is an extra track last for like, 20 minutes long track which is not available on Spotify or CD which is always good to have um, some bonus to uh, connect it to vinyl uh, or records in general Yeah, which is I I kind of get it's kind of bummer if you don't 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 collect the records or you just stream it's cool if you do. <laughs> yeah, I, I got I got a split out, uh, of. Uh, wait, I don't want to say something stupid, but uh, it's hot uh, water music with the bouncing souls, I guess. And I always loved this kind of split, uh, um, I guess seven inches, because because you go, you know on one side you got one band playing the song of the others. Ah yeah, and then on the other side you got like, and it was it was so cool because because um, if you love the the original song, uh, you know that the band's gonna play the song from the others is it's a cool uh, yes, because you I'm... got the same song that you like but with this taste with these sounds that belongs to another band. So I guess uh, uh, yeah. Now I now remember. Wait, I got the the loved ones and hot water music, because I if um, if I recall, uh, the loved ones play way far of the hot water music, and and I I I, I loved I loved this this new mix they did. Yeah, and speaking of the loved ones, it was one of those uh, moments uh, where um, I was friend with Sasha. And all of a sudden, in the middle of an afternoon, I was still in school, he texted me like, hey, hey tourist is showing winter tour tonight. Wanna go? And I was like, yeah, why not? And I absolutely had no idea who was playing. I mean, there were them and Strike Anywhere, which I never kind, never really liked it. But hey, it felt, uh, sounded like a good idea to just, uh, yeah. And then when you see a band drives. live, sometimes you, you, you change your mind because, as I said, you, you, you understand yeah. better why this, they got this sound, you know, or, or maybe yeah. live are more energic than on the record. 
Yeah, that did not happen with Sweck anywhere. But okay. it was the, it was the first time I, I saw and listened to the loved ones. I just loved them. I just as soon as they ended the show and played the last note, I run at the merch guy and say, "I want to buy this record." And still to this day, uh, every once in a while, I put it out, uh, place it on the turntable, play, uh, drop the needle, and I. Wow, this is such a great record. This is just such a great album. And again, what, um, by doing so, I I relieved the, the moment of the show. And I still remember that day. So it was totally fun. And bonus, I had fun. And as a bonus, I discovered a new band. But I totally get what you say. Uh, <clears throat> More than once, I was just like, yeah, I don't like this band, but hey, if you want to go to a show, why not? And considering how we live now, I'm thankful I went to so many shows just because I haven't had anything else to do. And sometimes a a band you don't really like plays and you see them and you're like, wow. This is not a band supposed to be experienced on album, on record. This is a band meant to be experienced live. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And you totally change perspective of them. Uh, or some other band like uh, Oranzi Pazuzu. I don't know if you're familiar with them. No, honestly, uh, I never heard of them, but I'm going to check them for sure. Go for sure, Ed. They're always filed under on the, on the, uh, progressive black metal, which is not entirely fake. I mean, it's progressive and it surely have uh, some black metal influence. And that's, that's what I always heard. Then I saw them live and uh, I said, hey, there is a lot of sludge going on inside mm-hmm. these songs. But it's not something you really notice uh, on 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 album on record. I don't know why. Maybe the emphasis is is on higher frequencies, which enlight uh, the black metal ish riffs. Or so whatever. But I remember I was there and I was with a friend of mine and say, "Hey, it's just me." But they sound like a sludge band more than black metal. I say, "Yeah, awesome band, by the way." I, I did not include in them here just because he gave me just five albums to pick. Yeah, but the one I, 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 the one I definitely want to discuss is the one you put over Miles Davis. I'm really, really because yeah. it is definitely an interesting record. So I would like uh, before we close the episode that we talk about that. Man, we, we also need to talk about Suma Kikeshi, I know, but yeah, uh, Miles Davis. So. It's it's a weird one because uh, I've always been into Southern Lord and uh, and the bands they released, uh, which most of time were Drone, Doom, Crust, Punk, uh, and that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Then uh, one day, all of a sudden, they released Fontanelle, and I was like, "What is that? A Jets band on Southern Lord? What?" What's up with that? And I just went and listened to it. And yeah, it's it's 100% a jazz band, like uh, totally jazz. Um, 
later on a discovery was released on Southern Lord because uh, some people from the metal scene now that were part of bands that were they used to be released on Southern Lord were uh, members in Italy. Basically, was if I remember correctly, as some sort of super group mm-hmm. com- composed by um, metal people playing jazz. I was like, wow, this is insane. I like this. And note, I wasn't listening to jazz before that. I just was curious to know how does a jazz sound, jazz album on Southern sound. And I said, like, oh, I want to get to know more about this and how it came together. Uh, so you start looking around on the internet and God bless the internet because of this. And main influence from the members were uh, HS Peru by Miles Davis. Mm-hmm. And so I went and listened to it, which to me is the perfect entry level uh, jazz album because it's, it's not extremely all over the place, not free jazz, like uh, it's messed up it's smooth but not too much it's fusion but not too much it's uh, mellow it's it's just perfect it's just flawless and it's uh, it's uh, it uh, plays perfectly from start to finish <clears throat> uh, I also included in this because uh, I was researching uh, about my Davis and this album and some other stuff up when I started to get into jazz and apparently the whole album was um, engineered by playing two tapes uh, of the same recording but slightly out of out of sync which causes this kind of reverberating delay thing going on throughout the whole album and that's it this is uh, it's a moment when i i realized you could use your studio or your uh, equipment as a as an instrument or as an effect you could mangle with it to obtain some other uh, kind of sounds and, and that was I was like 25 maybe when I got into it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and from there, I always liked um, the, I discovered this album before uh, I got into Piron and the other um, bands we discovered here, we discussed earlier. Um, and I think me getting into jazz and me liking metal and discovering bands like on it's like like um, just like two worlds colliding perfectly. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I always like to say, you know, as you mentioned, uh, just as the start of the podcast, I'm not a musician and don't don't have musical theory knowledge of any kind. And I remember when I was uh, playing with Cyan, we were uh, a full man, full um, we were five in the band, and. I was a singer, obviously. And uh, sometimes I came up with some ideas. I said, like, hey, why don't you cut enough this riff and do stuff with it and blah, blah, blah. And my friend, my bandmates were like, no, because you cannot do that. And I was, sure you can. I mean, 
if you can think of it, you can do it. Yeah, yeah. And and I always had this approach to music, both music, especially music making, which was kind of unorthodox, maybe. And I didn't quite fit. Uh, at some point, with uh, with the band, we just parted away because we were going into different direction. And and then I started my other project with Amos, and started to get into ambient uh, experimental noise. But uh, as much as I wanted to do stuff with other musicians, I was like, how how do you make uh, noise and structured music live together in a way that makes sense. Mm-hmm. And then Sumac uh, and Kejaino released their first collab and I was blown away once again because it, it's definitely a distorted chess album. Like in that moment, I, I had no idea who Kejaino was. Mm-hmm. I, I love Sumac, I always have had since the first album. And again, collecting vinyl, every time I had a Sumac album in hands and I was listening to it, it was an overwhelming feeling. I always felt like uh, I was witnessing something bigger than me in music. Like the same thing probably happened to kids in the 80s uh, listening to Black Flag and say, oh, this is this is happening now and this is will resonate for years. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's not just a music I'm listening to it. Now it's something that will resonate, will have yeah. repercussion in mm-hmm. the future. And especially when Suma collaborated with Keisha, I know on this one that became clear, clear to me, like, yeah, this band is not a metal band. It sound like a metal band because they had guitars, bass, drums, they have distortion and all kinds of stuff. But what's, where this approach comes from, it's a whole nother world. And and so, as I said, sorry for the blah blah blah. Anyway, no, no, this is that's that what we really need because because as you said, you um, you you are not a professional musician, but you got this intense and intimate approach to to music. And if you if if this that this record gave you this kind of feelings or this kind of idea, um, that's wonderful. Because also this is what yeah. the, the, the author and the musician in that album would expect from the audience, you know, like okay, we just wake, uh, the, we we just awake this person. They just connect some. Yeah, it's, it's not such a, it's not it hasn't not only awakened me, it's opened a door because as I say, I had no idea what Kejiano was at the time, and then obviously I started typing around Kejiano, discovering tons of other collaborative efforts did, which helped me connect. As I said, I always wanted to make music with friends because uh, I had a musician I knew from 10, 15 years now that I always wanted to do stuff with them, but you cannot really jam if you if your skill are just the vocals. I mean, you can, but that's really jamming. It's 
doing stuff over someone just jamming. And in discovery KGI, I know at the time I was getting into um, modular synthesizer and harsh noise and experimental stuff. Helped me a lot uh, with uh, being able to jam with friends I had for like 15 years and finally fulfill my desire to create a space where I could create music with them. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like, and then why this album totally changed my life, not only because it's, it's a great album, it's great music uh, with great artists, but also because it's uh, completely changed my perspective and my way to approach music, both as a listener and as a musician or artist or a simply creative person. Mm-hmm. That that was key. And I think every single album that we spoke about in this last hour or so led me to this moment of discovery and like I said 20 years have passed since the first album I listened and being able to be excited and felt like hey I'm discovering something through music it's not something that gets old it's what probably makes music the best kind of art we have I mean every art is beautiful but everyone can use, can make music. I could start to just tap my table and not be doing music. It's not so easy with uh, drawing or other stuff, other kind of art, other media. Music is just so primordial. Mm-hmm. Just mm-hmm. no, no, I totally agree, Michele. This is this is definitely a nice, nice uh, thought from you because because um, sometimes I. Uh, Coming from straight from university, I did my study. So you see the word just just a part of that word, and uh, and then you, I just jump in my professional experience. So I have to see other colors of what does it mean making music and living with music, and uh, I don't know. I think that when when you just realize that how you can use it, manipulate it and um, make yours. It's like, it's not just in what you like to play, but also in what you like to listen to. Um, because music touch you really inside its feelings. Uh, as we said, it reminds us of moments uh, or of a person or something like this. And, and so um, the idea to, to, to understand that it's not just um, what we used to listen to on the radio uh, or on some, I will say mainstream, just because they're just, you know, those are the, it's the music that you get in touch more easily. Um, but yeah, that there is an ocean out there full of, of different kind of, of sounds. And everybody can relate with that. And as you said, it's, it's so easy in some ways to make music uh, because 
because you can use whatever you want. And I think that this is interesting from, from um, the introduction, for example, in classical music of the electric, of the electronic, let's say, um, because thanks to synthesizers, thanks to modulation and everything, you can, you, can, uh, you can add a new dimension on the pentagram, let's say. And yeah. uh, so Absolutely. you open this dimension. And, and I think this, if the, I'm really happy that this kind of reflection comes out in this episode, talking to a person like you, that uh, just is the, I would say, you're showing that uh, if you put this passion, um, you don't need to be uh, an, an expert, let's say, you know, like maybe nowadays you see a lot yeah. of, a lot of pseudo intellectual hipsters say, oh, you know, I just buy this kind of helpies or I just listen to this kind of music, which only sound cool because it's strange. So it sounds cool, you know, now you say, you know, this music is talking to me. Uh, you, or you collecting what you say? You, you you just discovered that your father got this this huge um, passion for jazz. So in some ways, it was like already there. And and so it seems to me after listening to you talk, and uh, um, it's in some ways kind of you you want to you you just find a connection with that, you know, with with your passion for your kind yeah. of music, and in some way the music that was already in your home and in your family. So this is inspiring and 100% interesting. As I said, um, I, I will put all the uh, link to uh, allow the audience to go and listen to uh, all the, the music we, we talk in this episode. And uh, because now we are closing, um, because we, 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 I guess we said a lot. Uh, I, I really enjoyed the fact that we started talking about our personal experience, the way we met and the way we, uh, the place and the ambience we grew up and uh, we also um, tried to show the way we, we mature in our uh, choosing um, our taste of music or the way we look at the, at the world of music in general. So uh, I definitely have to thank you very much for, for your time and, and for your words and for picking up thank you for having me. From, from your collection uh, because I really enjoy listening to the passion you you you, you spoke and and this is something that sometimes uh, uh, we we don't have the chance to do that because maybe we just want uh, uh, a short and easy answer or you know like you pick A B or C but now in this time in this episode we had the chance really to 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 discuss what which effect has music on people. And, and and this is something that we don't need to forget. Yeah, and despite the fact that we may have gone a bit, I mean, um, we, we haven't strictly talked about only music, but every word we say was linked to music because that's how we met. That's why we you started this podcast in the first place. That's why I... I'm here for basically, I mean, I, I choose to vinyl records because I love music. Everything was connected to, to music. And I think that's the, I always feel kind of sorry for people when I ask them, hey, what kind of music do you listen to? Say, uh, what, what's on the radio? Okay, okay, and why? I mean, we are in 2021. You can have all the music available for you. Why do you? 
choose to let someone else decide what you should listen to. And I don't know, it's like music empowers people to some extent because it gives people knowledge, it gives feelings, many feelings, emotions, it's, it gives friendship, like we said. It's, yeah, I'll, I'll just stop, stop stalking over here. We can go about for another hour or so. <laughs> well, but, for sure, yeah, we, we, we can also for sure start a new episode. Uh, you're always welcome and definitely I really hope that we will also receive some kind of feedback from the audience because maybe they can also ask us or maybe ask you to present uh, some specific uh, albums so we can do like an episode on where we just discuss the specific album but we yeah. will we'll see we are here and Michele thank you very much for your time for your passion yeah I thank you to be part of my project and I wish you uh, all the best in this crazy period of COVID. I really hope that you and your family can stay safe and sound and I wish you all the best. Thank you very much, man. Thanks for having me. Check this out. I close this episode with a band from Ticino, Constant Anger. A band dear to me, because back in the day, I used to play in a hardcore band with the lead singer. Burn in 2018, they mix New York hardcore with trash metal riffs. And this for you is If Words Are Silver. (laughs) 